Want to hone your craft as a digital marketer and get expert insights from thought leaders and industry experts? Welcome to the How I Work podcast. I'm your host, Josh Becerra, founder and president of Agurian. Follow us on Twitter at Agurian Tweets or subscribe to our YouTube channel for more great content. Now, here's the episode of the podcast. Hi, everybody. This is Josh Becerra from Agurian. I'm here with George Hagianis. Thanks for being here, George. Hello. Yeah. Thanks for having me. It's awesome. So George has been working in SaaS and software for a long time in the marketing field. Uh, you know, we connected through your relationship with Authentic Brand. You've been doing some consulting as a CMO on, on their part. So you've got your consulting practice. But I'm really curious to like dig into this experience you've had with software as a service. So why don't you give us a little bit of background on yourself, some of the companies you've been a part of and some of those experiences, and then I've got some questions for you. Okay, sounds good. Well, thanks for having me, first yeah. of all. So I've been in uh, software as a service for 25 years or mm -hmm. maybe more, dating myself. Yeah. Um, going Really starting from the product marketing world and then moving into you know leadership and marketing and sales organizations okay. for early stage companies that are you know, coming into new markets that we need to cross the chasm to use a, a more term. Yeah. Um, so organizations like WhamNet, which is back in the day was a digital uh, provider of uh, communications to be able to share, you know, large files in a secure way amongst okay. industries. Yeah. Agility was a hosting company. I was VP marketing for them until uh, they got acquired and then moving into uh, a number of other organizations yeah. until I went on my own uh, about, uh, I don't know, 15 years ago. Um, when I started consulting, and then I, one of my clients hired me full time to help uh, start a, a new organization they were spinning out called Instratus, which was a cloud management provider. Yeah, and so that's kind of cool. Brings me up to af after they got acquired, then it brings me up to today. Yeah, so let's talk a little bit about Instratus because when we were you know having the conversation prepping for this, uh, it was really interesting that you kind of got in pretty early in the, on that, um, and then you like wrote it pretty much all the way through to acquisition, mm -hmm. if I'm not mistaken. So can you talk a little bit about, I mean, that's every kind of SaaS marketer's dream, I guess, is like you create some sort of a software, it really starts to gain traction, and then you get uh, a big acquisition down the road. So in order to do that, obviously you gotta, you gotta gain that traction, you gotta get those customers. So can you talk a little bit about, as in your role in marketing and sales, like what it was that got you there? Yeah, sure. Well, first of all, a great team. So I was consulting to a group that was doing software development. Uh, it was called Vel it's called Valtira, mm -hmm. and they spun out this product called Instratus, which was a cloud management platform that they built for themselves. Okay. So it was built out of necessity for them to manage multiple clients in multiple clouds. Yeah, scratch and, the itch, right? right exactly. You scratch yeah, exactly. your own itch. So really smart. Uh, CTO there, and his name is George Reese, and he built this for our need. And then people started asking us, hey, you know, can you help us as well? So we spun that out as a separate company. I joined full-time from inception through to Series A financing and then acquisition by Dell and then into Dell for a couple of years, which we can talk about. Sure. So for that, it was really a brand new market. Uh, it was really playing a uh, thought leader strategy about, mm -hmm. you know, there is a problem where you are using multiple clouds and you don't know how much you're spending. You don't know if they're secure. You don't know how to automate them. Yeah. Uh, you need one layer in front of all those different cloud providers. So it was thought leadership through uh, speaking at conferences. Uh, Twitter was just becoming a thing yeah. back then. 
and George Reese was really good at getting on Twitter, and we kind of enabled him to, you know, shake things up in the market and you cool. know cause a little controversy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then, um, and then writing white papers and doing webinars. A little bit of luck along the way. We had NASA see it, uh, read about us and called us, and we helped do the shuttle launch on Amazon streaming. What, so what's like an inbound lead from NASA feel like? I can only imagine, uh, like, yeah. hey, we got a form fill. Yeah, it was. I don't was know if form. this is for real. That's exactly what happened. I was like, I went into the CEO. I'm like, we got somebody from NASA saying they're using Amazon to stream the last shuttle launch, and they want to do it in a secure, scalable way. And so we all just kind of looked at each other like, right. well, this might be our moment. Yeah. So we got a hold of them. And I remember during a demo, we were having an issue and I was literally sweating. You yeah. know? So, but it went well and we, uh, so we used them as a client reference and that, uh, that helped us get to the next plateau before our financing. Yeah. Um, and we also hired a couple of thought leaders in the space that were you know, writers and speakers okay. um, that really then kind of permeated the market. Uh, so that was a smart move, uh -huh. uh, getting the right board members, um, and researching organizations that were using multiple clouds by looking at cloud providers, websites to see who is using clouds yeah. that may need, may not even know they have the problem. Um, and then getting that in front kind of the of turn, Did that kind of turn into like a, a uh, account-based marketing kind of an approach yeah. then? Like you did that research and you're like, okay, here's our handful of clients that are like prospects that yeah, we really want to In parallel, focus on. and okay. account-based marketing wasn't really a thing back then, sure. even though it was, it's just putting a name we on it. We didn't that. have a name for yeah, it. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. So we did that, but in parallel with kind of more, you know, wider, um, you know, marketing, co-marketing with par uh, cloud providers as well, like Amazon, Rackspace okay. at the time, VMware for private clouds. Um, but yeah, exactly. So we kind of research who's using cloud, you know, who's, who's using Amazon first, and then, and then hopefully, hopefully they're using other cloud providers or even just multiple Amazon accounts because that was a problem that they were having. So, yeah, yeah that is, we definitely start, started prioritizing. Then we hired a team and gave them you know, yep. target customers. Uh, we got some international clients like Korea Telecom that got us into other telecoms. So it was an exciting ride. Yeah, that sounds amazing. So I imagine that shifting from like this kind of startup culture to now you're acquired by Dell and you sounds like you stayed on for a while. Mm -hmm. like. What kind of culture shifts or what did you see, like, did anything change or did you, did they really like provide a ton of autonomy mm -hmm. um, or like what were some of the, the differences? Maybe there were like tremendous benefits, like and yeah. that influx of resources had to help, of course. Yeah, it was definitely many roads traveled during those three years, but yeah. initially uh, it was really trying to understand where we could potentially partner with the different organizations. There was a services team, an integration team, a software team, right. a cloud team, a government team. And so I had to work with those different organizations and understand how we could bundle our solution or co-sell. Uh, there was a lot of oppor opportunity that was hardware focused. Sure. So we had to kind of prioritize, you know, you know, is this hardware sale also a cloud opportunity or, or not? And so we had to do some of that yeah. as well. And uh, so there are a lot of a lot of chefs in the kitchen to try sure. to figure that out, but great organization, and they um, they brought us into organizations that we wouldn't have been able to get into just right. because they already had them as a client or you know their name, um, and so and then there was also the marketing like, do we change the name to? They changed the name to Dell Cloud Manager. At first, we didn't really think that that was the right way to go because yeah. you know of the um, of the brand that we had built, but. You know, it made sense for Dell because of their brand as well. So we had to navigate the name change, and there was some culture changes. Obviously, a multi-billion-dollar company, course, yeah. you know, fifty-person company, 
they let us run autonomous for a while, um, and then it you know slowly got you know integrated into the rest of the organization. And, okay. And I, then I uh, got another opportunity and yeah. and left. Yeah. Cool. I, I mean, I think, like I said earlier, like that path is like an amazing path. That's the kind of path that a lot of people who are in SaaS and marketing want to see for themselves. So yeah. um, it's cool that you've traveled that and you've been able to share a little bit of that with us today. So now, like fast forward, mm -hmm. we're, you're in a place where you're doing a lot more consulting and I think some of that is with smaller SaaS companies again. Mm -hmm. So um, I'm curious to get your point of view on, you know, because you're relating to a number of different companies at like different sizes and stages, like are there any sort of common um, pitfalls or challenges that you're seeing that you would think that this audience of um, marketers would be interested in understanding about like yeah. SaaS marketing today and what you're seeing? I think one thing is that everybody's in love with their own product yeah. to a point of fault, right? So they wanna talk about their product and pitch their features and solution versus doing a more value-based, you know, from a customer perspective. And yeah. I think that's one thing that I have seen across my customers. And, and it depends on who the leader is. If the leader of the organization is more coming from the sales world, engineering, or marketing, it'll be that'll be an issue more or less. Right. Um, who is it more for? Um, Probably the technical people. Yeah. Yeah. If it's an engineer. Um, leading it, you know, their heart is in that product that they built and they want to talk about it as a, as a product. So yeah. a lot of times I've had to flip the narrative within the company, which permeates through the sales team and the, and the, mar you know, mm -hmm. the marketing, the web site and tools and stuff. Um, Can we dig into that? Do. So like, I think, um, you know, as marketers, when we are showing up in organizations, this idea of like trying to flip the narrative, mm -hmm. that's not like you just was like, I just help them flip the narrative yeah. like that is not an easy conversation to have and it's not an easy outcome to achieve so right. like are there is there anything in there that you could speak to about like how is it that you approach a more technical founder and talk to them about like the, the importance of that narrative yeah I think it's a good question yeah. so first start with pulling it out from the people internally like what you know why did you build this solution how does it benefit your clients what are their alternatives? Yeah. So if they right now they're doing this and they're going to do this, and how what's the benefit associated with you know using your solution? Yeah. And then hopefully they have a few clients that are open to talk and open up about the value that they're bringing. So you talk to some of the clients that are rep representative of the targets that they want to go after yeah. their available market. Yeah. So you know pull the nuggets out of them and um, and then start to layer that on top of the. Uh, strategy, the go-to-market strategy, and hopefully as you start to do that, they start to see that it's starting to resonate more with clients. Maybe they're getting more inbound activity or more customer reactions to their presentations or whatever, and yeah, they yeah, start yeah. to ado uh, adopt that. Yep, yep. So um, the other thing that I think we talked a little bit about is this idea of like, if you if you go to someone technical and you say, hey, like we were going to take a scientific-based approach to this, right? Is there's actually like we want to test these mm -hmm. things, right? We talked a little bit about message testing and mm -hmm. trying to really understand what resonates with the market. And I know that, you know, you're a big believer in like this idea of, of testing. Yeah. So can you talk a little bit about what your approach is like and how you, how you know, like, okay, we've arrived at the message. We know that this is like resonating. Cause I think sometimes 
marketers will be like, yeah, we're all about testing and they'll test and test and test. But then it's like, how do we know when we've arrived, right? Mm -hmm. Like, how do you actually know that you don't need to sharpen the pencil much more and, and, and start maybe like focusing on that key message at that point? Right, yeah, and it's, it's, a, it's a path and you, know, you might always be sharpening that pencil. But yeah. I, you know, what I do is a lot of uh, testing through you know, tools like um, Fresh Desk, or I don't know if you've heard of that one, but okay. in terms of you know, trying different messages to different target markets. So you know, look at the target market you're going after, get you know if you have like a paper or a webinar or some type of offer or something mm -hmm. then create different you know you know, kind of do a b testing around the subject line and the way that you message things and see what the different reaction is yep. that's one step as well as you know one-to-one -one conversations with potential targets so a lot of clients of mine introduce me to different targets that they have been talking to so i can you know uh, get a visual cues of what people are reacting to when yeah. you talk about different things and, and change the message between different ones. So, and then also social media, testing things out on social media with different message types or um, offers or pricing yeah. or whatever the, you know, event, the different changes are that you're looking at doing. Yeah. So like with that fresh desk or whatever, you're starting to like actually ingest data in a way that's like more predictive and showing you like hey like this is actually getting more click-throughs right. or more engagement or and so yep. that's when you're really feeling like okay we're honing in on this we're arriving yes okay and then, and then looking at the you know depending on the size of the company if it's a little bit bigger you know looking at the close ratios and, and some of those things as you go through the yeah. month or year or sorry, quarter or year if you start to see some movement of you know pipeline growing and things like that, then you'll you'll know that you're you're making progress. And but it's a continual pro, you know uh, project, right? To continue yeah. to sh to imp improve your messaging and your go-to-market strategies. So yeah, just uh, you have to, you always have to keep your foot on that pedal. I think it's interesting that you bring up kind of the um, qualitative side of things. I think you know right in this day and age, we've really leaned in uh, like. MarTech, and I'm going to ask you like mm -hmm. some of the tools that you use because I think it's cool and important, and I, I like MarTech. Mm -hmm. But I do feel like sometimes we lean so heavily on like tools and data sources, and mm -hmm. to hear you say like you actually try to go out and have conversations with either prospects or existing customers and mm -hmm. get their input on like that that is an input for your message testing. Mm -hmm. I think is interesting. I think we sometimes lose sight of like how valuable that qualitative input can be. Right, yeah. yeah. I mean, sitting in your desk looking at numbers is good, but I think getting out and actually talking to people also gives you a, another layer to add on top of it to validate. Yeah. So I, I agree with you. Yeah, yeah, for sure. All right, so let's talk about MarTech. You mentioned Freshdesk mm -hmm. as, a, as a tool that you think is cool and that you've used uh, to do some of this. Mm -hmm. Outside of just message testing generally, what kind of MarTech tools are you like playing with that you think are cool or like these are my go-to tools? Do you yeah. have any ideas on that? Yeah, there's uh, well various CRM systems for different needs. You know, I think a lot of my clients they all have different CRM systems. Sure. Zoho has been a good one. Yep. Um, as well as um, HubSpot, obviously, which is is great for early stage companies and they've really broadened their suite of tools to be mark, you know, marketing automation, yep, yep. not just you know, email marketing and a CRM um, and you know, salesforce.com, but you know, I would suggest that for larger organizations. Yep. Uh, then there's a whole suite of um, 
account-based marketing tools that I'm just starting to get into, which is um, Sixth Sense and um, Demandbase. Okay. I don't know if you've heard of those two, but those yeah. seem really interesting. And I, I'm really early, you know, just doing some demos with some with the salespeople and, and looking at testing those out. But I think account-based marketing tools are something that I'd like to bring more into my uh, client base. Yeah, very cool. All right, so the uh, question that I always ask everybody kind of at the end of these interviews is like, are there books you're reading, authors, or people like on a podcast that you're listening to that are kind mm -hmm. of influencing your thinking or that, um, that you really are like leaning into in this day? Yeah, there's one that I, it's old. It's mm -hmm. like back, I think it's 2004. It's called uh, Great Demo. Okay. And that one I bought 10 years ago for something. I was trying to figure out how to improve the demo at a client. And I'm working on a client right now that the demo process is, is not good. So yeah. they get on and they, you know, show all the features and then say, what do you think? And I just thought about that book. So I pulled it back out and there's some really good nuggets about okay. You know, first of all, feel, understand the, the pain point of the client and, and demoing the pain point right. to that client, uh, how, the, how we help solve that pain point versus going through every feature. Sure. And then also starting with the demo, the end of the demo, which basically says, here are the great results you'll get, and then backing up and showing how the pain point is solved along the way. Yeah. If, if they just read that one little chapter in that book, it's worth it. So that's a, that's a good book. And then the other one is... The hard things about the hard thing about hard things by Hurwitz, and that is it's a few years old too, but that's a good one. Okay. Um, talking about when you are working with an organization that's challenging or or a market that's challenging or whatever. Yeah. That you know these are the types of hard things you have to do, and here is why they're hard, and here's what you should do. Like one of one of the chapters is about. Um, leading when you don't know where you're going or something like sure. that. And that's just where I'm at right now. And I, that really hit me. Like, you know, sometimes you, you're stuck. Everybody's looking at you for some guidance and you're like, you know what, I'm going to go with my gut and this is where I think you need to go. And yeah. so it, the book talks about that. So it's a really good book. And so, and then podcasts, I, I love um, Guy Raz's How I Built This, which yeah. is similar to what you're doing here. So I think I've listened to all of them, but there's a couple of those that really stuck with me one was the stacy's chips one i don't know if you've okay. heard i that haven't one, heard that one no it's uh you know she just started selling i don't know sandwiches or whatever and then they had pita bread extra pita bread and then so they started like frying it and they just kind of gave it for Made free it chips yeah and then, it, and then she started people realizing people were coming for the chips not for the sandwiches yeah. she's like i'm onto something yeah really interesting and then the one around mailchimp was interesting how they kind of did their path to where they were and now they got acquired for you know millions of dollars so yeah so that's a really, I just, you know, that podcast, every time there's a new one, I always listen to those. Yeah, that's cool. I really like this, the great demo book that you're talking mm -hmm. about. I mean, I haven't, I haven't read it, mm -hmm. but I do think like, you know, one of the critical kind of actions, meaningful actions that every software as a service wants someone to take, you know, either it's like start a free trial or start like request a demo is right. basically like where you're at. And I do feel like there's, there's probably a lot to be learned and honed yeah. in the actual demo uh, process. Like if you can just improve that close rate of those demos, like you're right. gonna just totally crush, you know, your sales goals, right? Yes, yes. Because you don't necessarily have to like fill the top of the funnel. It's more like just like expand the funnel as as people go through it, right? Right. Yep. So interesting. And then that that hard the hard thing about hard things that I I'm gonna to have to read that one because yeah. yeah, I feel like, you know, as as a leader, um, 
I actually love like leaning into the challenges that are presented, right? And while they are hard, they're like exciting in a way because it's like, man, if we can solve for this, it would be it would be awesome, yeah, right? right? And so I do think that there's like, uh, if you can acknowledge that things are hard, but it's okay that they're hard, right. and like if you can get energy from the hard things, I think I think um, that's a great thing as a leader. Yeah, yeah, yeah I agree with you. Cool. Those are good ones. Yeah. <laughs> awesome. Well, I really appreciate your time. I appreciate the conversation. Thank you. Thanks for appreciate dropping it. some amazing knowledge bombs on us today. No problem. Hopefully so, everybody got one little nugget. That'd be great. Oh, yeah, for sure. <laughs> so thanks, George. We're going to say goodbye for now. All right. Bye. Bye. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the How I Work podcast with Josh Becerra. If you like what you heard, make sure you subscribe. To learn more about Agurian and for more digital marketing tips and insights, head to agurian.com.